Yes, winners 1-0 in the Champions League final over Inter Milan. Man City uh, the Champions League winners for 2023. Joining us down the line to talk all about it on the show this afternoon is football expert and producer for Stan Sport, Nick Stoll. Nick, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Great to be here. Thank you very much for taking the time. Man City, Nick, finally get that elusive Champions League title under Pep Guardiola. They win the treble, as you heard just moments ago. It wasn't all that pretty in the final, but they did what the best teams do. They found a way, Nick. Yeah, look, as you heard, Inter had plenty of chances and uh, Edison made some big saves. And, uh, you know, it's surprising given uh, Inter started the game as massive outsiders, massive underdogs. So they, they did really well to make a game of it. But, mm. you know, like you said, just City kind of had that little too much kind of individual quality. And if you looked at the teams before the game, you really looked at City on paper and thought, oh, they're just you know, so much for a stronger team uh, coming into it in better form. But look, it wasn't, it was nowhere near their best game of the season. They, they pretty much underperformed in that game. But, you know, they've got that uh, Champions League title and it and it kind of did feel inevitable given how much kind of money they've spent over the years and, and how, you know, they've spent it very well. There are other clubs like PSG and Manchester United who've spent kind of maybe a similar level of money but haven't done it in such a kind of smart, intelligent way. And, um, you know, Pep Guardiola, you know, for me, he is the best coach probably ever. Um, but wow. there was a little bit of, of doubt uh, about him, uh, well, especially, you know, even coming to Man City in the first place. People were like, oh, you know, can he do it in England? And now he's won, I think, five of the last six Premier League trophies. But there's always that doubt, you know, he needed to prove it, that he could win a Champions League, uh, win a Champions League without Messi, without his kind of all the great players he had at Barcelona, and, and now he's done that. Um, so, you know, a really historic morning on Sunday. Yeah, it uh, just adds to Pep Guardiola's unbelievable legacy. Uh, what did you make of the game? As you mentioned, Man City weren't at their best. There were a few missed opportunities for both teams. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne goes off injured at, at that point. You're thinking, oh, this could really go either way. But a Rodri goal, as he so often has done in the Champions League, throughout this season, he puts Man City up 1-0 and, and they're able to hang on from there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was uh, City were maybe a bit nervous. Uh, you know, the occasion possibly got to them. They're quite poor in the first half. I think Inter's plan was good. You know, you've got to give credit to Simone and Zaghi and the Inter players. They really did disrupt uh, Inter. Um, uh, the goalkeeper, Anana, really made it difficult. He's, he's so good on the ball uh, and that made it tough for City to press. So, you know, into a very kind of worthy opponent, but it always felt like it was cities to lose, uh, and eventually they didn't. And, you know, once they scored the goal, um, they had enough uh, about them to, you know, hold out. And actually it was interesting, Pep Guardiola was known as being such an attacking coach, but they asked him why this team won and his other great teams of the past few years haven't been able to. And he said because he played with four centre-backs, which is something that, you know, very few coaches do and actually is kind of, I guess, would normally be considered a defensive strategy. But the players that they've signed and put at centre-back, they're so good on the ball that they could actually play in midfield. Um, we often see John Stones kind of going up the pitch, playing in a, like a number eight role. It's kind of amazing to see. So on the one hand, he shored up that defence by putting in four centre-backs, but... Those four centre-backs, you know, they have so much technical quality that it's not like many other teams could replicate that by putting another four centre-backs mm. in those positions. 
What did you make of the performance from Rodrigo? He was the player of the tournament, player of the final, uh, kicked the winning goal. What, what did you make of his efforts? Yeah, uh, Rodri's been a, a really good player this season, uh, possibly underrated, um, you know, for most uh, of his career, but that, that will probably obviously end now. Um, it's hard with City. Uh, the system is so good. So, you know, it's not like they have one superstar who propels them uh, to victory. You know, even Kevin De Bruyne. Kevin De Bruyne is probably their best player, uh, along with uh, Erling Haaland. And when De Bruyne came off injured, they could just put Phil Foden in, who's one of the best young players in the world. And he basically slotted in seamlessly. It made very little difference to City. So it's it's such a good system that... Um, and, and, and their bench and their squad is so... Uh, filled with talent, and that comes from having uh, so much money. Um, so, you know, to single out any individuals uh, is kind of tough. Uh, but, you know, Rodri definitely uh, has been amazing all throughout this season and really, you know, kind of puts his hand up as one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. Ruben Diaz, I thought, was outstanding in the final as well, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, really, really good for him as well. Uh, coming from Benfica a few years ago, there were some question marks over him. Um, but he's been, you know, a really good leader for them as well. Um, but, you know, as I said, one of those centre backs, very good on the ball, allows City to be so attacking, um, really kind of takes care of danger. So, yeah, really good game from him. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, Erling Haaland, a little quiet, but, geez, uh, hasn't he just been a star throughout? Uh, 2023, and he'll continue to to grow even further. Well, that's right. He's 22 years old, and he's had one of the best. Well, he's probably had the best debut season that anyone's ever had yeah. in the Premier League. Uh, you know, he broke the record for the amount of goals. He's won the treble. I can't remember anyone at any club ever having such a debut uh, season this dominant. And you know, there is this idea that he can get better and he can, uh, you know, really put up some incredible numbers and he possibly will break Cristiano Ronaldo's record in the Champions League, which I think stands at about 140 goals. Um, and he will probably break Alan Shearer's record in the Premier League for goals. So he's so talented and if he plays in a team like City, he's going to get so many opportunities. I think he scored 52 goals or something this season. He honestly could have had about 70 uh, given the amount of chances uh, that he was getting. So, you know, it's, it's a scary thought um, for the rest of, you know, world football, but that's why we're already kind of seeing moves where, you know, there's big, strong rumours that um, Real Madrid are going to get Mbappe and already kind of uh, the other rivals are, are starting to plot uh, their way back to the top. Yeah, so if Manchester City can keep this team together, we did touch on that Kevin De Bruyne injury, so he might you know, be missing a, a portion of the start of next season. But if, if they can keep this team together, how long can they keep this run going for? Yeah, it's a tough one, right? It's uh, Look, they've won five of the last six Premier League. So in the Premier League, you know, they'll enter next season as favourites. But the Champions League is so difficult to win back-to-back. And the only teams who have done it kind of in history, or at least in the last kind of, you know, in the time I've been alive, the last 30 years, is Real Madrid. And Real Madrid just have an incredible history in the Champions League, an incredible belief. But I don't know. I, I'd be surprised if they went back-to-back next year, not because they aren't good enough to do it. Of course, they are. It's just, and even Boreal said himself uh, post-match, you know, knockout football, it's such a flip of the coin. Uh, you know, if... Uh, 
Rodri, you know, he shoots half an inch uh, close to the goal and it gets blocked on the line or, you know, intertake one of the big chances uh, that Lukaku had towards the end. Weasley could be talking about a great upset uh, performance from Inter. So it's so hard to win. So I'd be surprised, I'd be surprised if they are able to, you know, win the Champions League again next season. What did you make of Inter's season and their run to the final? Yeah, it's interesting because uh, in in the Italian league they didn't do especially uh, well. I think they came third, and you know that's okay, but they'd be a little disappointed. But um, you know, to get to a Champions League final for Inter for a club of their resources is, is very impressive. I will say their run to the final was a little generous in terms of they had Porto in the round of sixteen, they had uh, Milan in the semi final, and they had uh, Benfica in the quarter final. So not, you know. City, for example, beat Bayern Munich and Real Madrid on the way to uh, the final. So they definitely had an easier run, but you've got to be in front of you. And for their fans, it would have been uh, incredible to just be there. Um, but they obviously would have been disappointed uh, about the result in the end. Nick, just um, just quickly, Sevilla. Um, obviously winning the Europa League. Uh, a great result for them uh, last week uh, over Roma in the final. one all, and then they... We're able to win on penalties. What did you make of the Europa League final and Sevilla coming out on top? Yeah, Sevilla are the kings of the Europa League. Uh, they've won it seven times. I think the next next closest team uh, has won it three times. Uh, it's incredible. And, and when it gets down to the tight moments, uh, you know, and like it did against Roma, we won't tell penalty shootout. You can tell that Sevilla have that belief, and it and it's self perpetuating. And they know that in this competition, they will always prevail. And the other team that they're up against, whether it be Roma or you know Manchester United, who they knocked out um, earlier in the season, or any other team that they face, that team is always thinking, "Gee, Sevilla in the Europa League, we just can't beat them." So, you know, another wonderful win um, for for a great team from a great city, and uh, you know, it, it was a really kind of special night for them, um, and in a final that was uh, really cagey, really kind of disrupted. Um, Jose Mourinho, the coach of Roma, was causing all kinds of havoc. But, you know, in the end, inevitably, uh, Sevilla always win the Europa League. They do. And uh, lastly, before I do let you go, Nick, the Matildas. Uh, We're not too far away now from what is set to be the biggest women's sporting event ever. Uh, right here in our very own country, uh, taking place, you know, in our very own backyard. It's it's unbelievable how the Matildas shaping up. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, they've uh, come together. Uh, I think soon they're going to come together in terms of the squad. I think the players are on holiday after a long kind of European uh, season. You know, obviously Sam Kerr's been banging in the goals for Chelsea. Caitlin Ford's been banging in the goals for Arsenal. So we're looking quite good. Um, the good news is, and look, it's a shame that we won't see some of these great players, but a lot of the bigger nations, especially the Europeans, have lost some of their top players, whether through injury or or whatever else it is. So it's just opening up the tournament a little bit wider than maybe it was uh, a few months ago. Now that the squads are being named, you know, Spain's not been able to bring their their strongest uh, thing because of a dispute that they have over... um, player conditions and that kind of thing. Um, England has some injuries. So there are some good signs uh, for the Matildas, but, you know, it's still uh, still going to be very tough and um, it's, it's going to be a, a wonderful occasion. Uh, and I think, you know, anyone could win it. That's the exciting thing. Nick, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting on the program as always. Thank you very much for taking the time and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks so much, Matt. Have a good one. You too. There he goes, Nick Stoll.